have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the ghoulish Glenn Stansberry. Been kind of caught a lot of things, Brian, but ghoulish is uh, not one of them. Oh, did I say ghoulish? I meant goulash. Oh, Glenn Stansberry. No, I have been called goulash. Goulash. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually uh, Glenn's nickname, goulash. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Glenn Goulash Stansberry. My edges are a little, you know, it's a little slippery around squidgy. the edges. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was thinking about Halloween because it's mm. only a few weeks away, mm-hmm. and I uh, thought I'd add a little uh, Halloween spirit into the podcast mm. in the name of calling you a ghoulish Glenn Stansberry. I was supposed to be a play on words. Gotcha. It didn't work out very well. No, no. It. Um, I tried, man. Well, I'll I'll still eat goulash. I, I, I might actually stand behind the goulash, Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> that actually might make more sense. Um, you can call me goulash. And speaking of making sense, uh, Glenn and I are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a site that will make sense to you if you like good things. Mm. If you enjoy fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't like bad things, in general... <laughs> I was waiting to see where that was going. <laughs> I was hoping it would go somewhere, and it didn't. Um, basically, Gentleman.com is a fun site that you can go to, and you can learn things, and you can laugh, and you can cry, mm-hmm. and you can uh, become a better person, Yep. and you can enrich your life mm-hmm. at Gentleman.com. And uh, it's a fun little site. We encourage you to go over there and check it out. <clears throat> That's what this podcast is all about. It's all cold from... Harvested from mm-hmm. Gentleman.com, and uh, that's what we're talking about today. And uh, once you've gone over and visited uh, Gentleman.com, the next thing you can do, which is what you're going to want to do, by all means, is to go to podcast.gentleman.com, where you can listen to this episode, which since you're already listening to it, means that you've already got that. But then you could, if you want to listen to more episodes. Oh, and you will. And you're going to want to do that. You're going to probably want to listen to 143 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. And you can do that <clears throat> by going to podcast.gentleman.com and uh, checking out all 143 previous episodes. Mm. Uh, you can also uh, check out the links that we're going to talk about in this episode today and uh, check out some previous beers we rated, etc. There's a lot of good stuff you can do over the podcast.gentleman.com. It's a separate site for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's way more stuff there. Um, and once you have enjoyed Gentleman.com and podcast.gentleman.com, we would urge you to get in touch with us. Reach out and touch someone. Uh, and by someone, I mean me and Glenn. Right. And uh, you can do so by sending a letter to the Gentleman Mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We'll get your letter there. We'll pull it out of the Gentleman Mailbag, and we will review it. We will talk about it. We will discuss it. We will put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. Uh, and then we're going to probably talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. And then from there, we're going to see what happens. You might return, like, if you put your return address 
on the envelope, it's possible. It's very likely, in fact, that you may re- you you will get something back in return. Uh, what that encompasses really depends on the tenor of your letter. Mm-hmm. So I would say I would say you know err on the on the nice side when you're sending us stuff. You feel the lucky punk, and and, uh, and well, <laughs> you know, uh, or yeah, maybe they're feeling lucky yeah. and they can get really angry with us and see Do what that. happens. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It really depends. Uh, it really depends on the mood, uh, the day, uh, the vibe, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the point is, we're going to send you something back in return. If you send us something, and we hope you do, uh, but if you can't do that, failing that, you can get in touch with us via um, an email address at com. You can also uh, reach out to us uh, via most social networks. Um, I don't believe uh, the Snapchat gentleman is really us. It's not. I think somebody got the got the slip on us and put yep. their uh, gentleman Snapchat portfolio up there. So you. if there's anybody who subscribed to that or follows that, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah. Um, and they're us. posting lewd things. Not That's us. not us. Nope. We don't do that. Okay. Just definitely not you. Yeah. Uh, but the official social networks, such as gentleman.com. right. And that's basically it. And the email. Because now now we know that um, Facebook has uh, lots of uh, security problems. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, if only their problems stopped at security, Brian. <laughs> well, it's got lots of problems. It's like I, I Swiss cheese. Right. <laughs> it's like a slice of Swiss cheese, Facebook is. That's how, uh, that's how poor it is. <clears throat> anyway. Um, yeah. Well, fortunately, uh, nobody I know has, you know... Really entrusted Facebook with right. their private data or I any would, of their data. I would suggest really. entrusting gentlemen with your mm-hmm. private data. When you feel like there's no one there that you right. can trust, you can trust us. You turn around and there's gentlemen. Yeah, looking right back at you, mm-hmm. holding out our hands. <laughs> We're there for you, mm-hmm. no doubt. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, that was fun talking about that. But um, <laughs> you know, it could be more fun. Uh, would be to get to the meat of the episode, which is the drink of the week this week. Oh, that is that is fun. And um, uh, this week, Lynn, you know, it's only just a short hop, skip, and a jump until we're uh, at Halloween time. Mm. It's uh, it's October. I've held back long enough. I decided to dive into the Oktoberfest. Yes. Okay. Fine. And uh, you know, um, got a Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest um, here in front of us, and. Uh, I feel like deja vu because I feel like I'm going to say the exact same thing I said last time that we uh, discussed the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. Wait a minute. You guys have already rated the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. Well, Good ear, keen listener. The uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, the Oktoberfest changes every year at Sierra Nevada. Mm. And every single year, they partner with a different German brewery and craft a new and exciting Oktoberfest. For that particular year. Mm-hmm. So the Oktoberfest that we rated last year, for instance, from Sierra Nevada, is not going to be the same thing that we're going to rate this year mm. for Sierra Nevada. So this is uh, this is the Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada 2018 Oktoberfest, and this was a partnership with themselves and the Weizenstephan... Uh, brewery, which I'm sure is a very old and distinguished brewery, because usually they are old and distinguished when we talk about the breweries that they. Brian, it's the world's oldest. It's brewery. the I, I was just gonna say. Sorry, oh, I trampled all I, over it. It was very <laughs> about close to saying. <laughs> Sorry, 
Okay, so the uh, Weizenstiefen uh, Brewery. Mm-hmm. The world's oldest, oldest brewery, mm-hmm. as we all know. Um, which I was just getting to before mm. Glenn interrupted me. Oops. Um, it's a good partner for Sierra Nevada this year. Um, but uh, together, combining forces, they came up with an alcohol... A beer. They came up with a beer that uh, has an alcohol content of 6.0%. Uh, the beginning gravity is 13.9 degrees Play-Doh. Mm. The ending gravity is 2.8 degrees Play-Doh. The bitterness units are 20. Uh, the, least, the yeast is a lager yeast... Uh, the bittering hops are Sterling. The finishing hops are Sterling, Spalter, and Record. Mm, record hops. Malts are two row pale, stifey, <laughs> Pilsy, Pilsy, <laughs> and Munich. It's like Larry Curly and Moe. And this oh. uh, this goes this goes really well with mild cheddar cheese. Is there any like what should, if I'm going to have a meat, Brian? Like what would I? What would I eat with this Sierra Nevada 2018 October? I would go with the, uh, you know, uh, Weisworth sausage or uh, maybe a roast pork would work well with this. I would definitely go for the the Weisworth. So um, that's just my expert opinion. That isn't necessarily off of their own website that has this information on it. But anyway, the point is, uh, Glenn, we should um, crack these open and and, uh, get a taste of them and see Mm. uh, see what's what. As far as I'm concerned. Well, thank you, Brian. Wow, that was... Wow. Um, how much was this beer, Brian? This was uh, $8.99. Mm. So not, not terribly um, off-kilter. Uh, off mm. $8.50 is around our average. Here. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Pretty good. Man, it almost... Am I going crazy? It tastes like apples almost. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Maybe it's just how crisp it is. I don't know. I had had apple cider earlier. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's probably it. Um, mm. Mm. So that's pretty good. That tastes pretty good. Glenn, um, you know, as our listeners know, we... We're going to go ahead and throw a couple of arbitrary ratings out there. But th- those arbitrary ratings arbitrary ratings don't matter all that much. What really matters is our proprietary machine learning, blockchain-based, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence, algorithm, um, Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> uh, uh, image filters. Image filter. Mm-hmm. Um, well... There's AI involved. Trillion operation. Um, right. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Uh, computer. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. I got I got lost there for a second. Um, <laughs> and it's called the Mustache Twist Scale Computer. And the Mustache Twist Scale Computer basically completes a trillion gigaflops of calculations. Once we type in the facts regarding the computer, it relies on algorithms machine learning and ai and blockchain to store the data and it will actually give us an empirical scientific be provable yeah uh rating for this beer so whatever me and glenn say really doesn't matter but we'd like to do it for fun because you know uh, computers are kind of taking over the world the mustache to a scale computer will probably one day take over the general podcast Mm-hmm. But for now, we get to have a little bit of fun and inject a human element right. into it. Yeah, so. we're fortunate that it's not quite self-aware yet. Yeah, um, but Brian, I'm, I'm 
I'm, I'm hesitant to, to bring this up because I know it's kind of you know under wraps. But I was going to say, I just wanted to say some of the some of the cool things that you've been developing. Right. Um, so, for example, you know the the mustache twist will take into account the sound of the lid as it comes off. That you yeah. Know? And yeah. then there's also like the the moans we make after you, you there's know, a, that first sip. Like, there's a very uh, like how long the mm, sip takes, right? You know what I mean? Like the yeah. duration of sip mm-hmm. is that you know how long yeah. is it? Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Superman three, but um, <laughs> Superman three is that kind the one of, with Gene uh, Hackman? Yeah. Hack, uh, Hackman? <laughs> uh, is he Lex Luthor? Uh, you know, Superman three is the one with the uh, robot computer, the supercomputer. That oh, takes this over. is a recent one. No, this is uh, oh, this well recent. Depends on <laughs> but, if you're looking at the entirety of time, recent. Because in that case, yes. But was no, it this made is, while I was alive? This was like 1983 oh, or something so like barely. that. Barely. Yeah. Superman three. Uh, there's a computer in there, mm. and uh, basically Superman's up against a computer is what it is what it comes down to. You're, are you talking about Richard Pryor? Because Richard Pryor is in Superman three. I don't know where I was going with this, but basically <laughs> Superman three. There's a supercomputer. <laughs> that resembles what uh, the the uh, the mustache was kill computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Brian, you're you're right. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor's yeah, he's the kind of the big. He's uh, star. Superman saves him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, Glenn, point is. You don't have to fear the mustache twist scale computer, unlike the computer from Superman 3 who tries to destroy Superman. Right. Uh, the mustache twist scale computer is here to just, as friendly as possible, rate beers. Mm. There's no harm in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, t- maybe at the most, right. take over the gentleman podcast. Right. Which is fine. Totally cool. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, but the point is, Glenn, I'm going to type some facts in this uh, mustache twist scale computer. And uh, you know what's going to happen next? Hmm. Uh, the proprietary technology is going to spit out a uh, a rating for this beer just as soon as you and I have a chance to uh, give our input oh. for fun. Well, Brian, it's well documented that I feel very strongly about Oktoberfests. I do too. Um, they have a special place in my heart mm-hmm. every fall. Yep. I look forward to these. And this is a great Oktoberfest. Um. <coughs> If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna get a little too, a little too fine here, pull, pull the reins on me. But I feel like there's like a, it's not quite as uh, 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 malty mm-hmm. as, I would, as I would typically like. A little thinner, yeah. A little bit more acidic, yeah. No, that's um, a good point. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Oktoberfests that are kind of toasty and malty. We're maltsters. We're where we are maltsters. Yeah. That's a good name for a band, Brian. Mm-hmm. What do you think? The Maltsters. The Maltsters. Yeah. Herman Maltsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the Maltsters mash. Um, yeah. Oh, so you want, to, yeah. you want to put a number on this? Sure. If I had to put an arbitrary number, I'd give it an 8.6. 8.6? I love Oktoberfest. So wow. it's, uh, the bar is really high. Wow. It is. You know, I was, you know, you're building this up like you're just about to rip it a new one. <laughs> And then you're like, I'm going to give it one of the highest scores what? in the That's not one of the highest. mankind. I was going to get a 7.8. Whoa! Pretty low, pretty low, because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like Oktoberfest as well. Mm-hmm. But I think you're exactly right. Your uh, beer sommelier instincts mm. were uh, were really were really hitting my uh, notes, which was uh, that this isn't a malty. This isn't a malty 
Oktoberfest, which is what I look for. Mm-hmm. It's kind of um, it's crisp. Mm-hmm. It's got its own personality, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's a little outside of what I look for in a uh, Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. So I was going to seven seven point eight. You went eight point six. So we have quite a disparity. I mean, it's really probably hard to say what the. Uh, much less with scale computer is going to come up with here. This is going to be a doozy for it, I think. That uh, might be taking some extra computer power. We're going to be for on this for a while. Okay, well, we should. I mean, the best thing we can do is just kind of uh, throw this in the mustache with scale computer's court and see what happens. Yeah, just get started. So, okay, so what we have to do is type some facts into the mustache with scale computer. So we said that this is the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest, which is a collaboration with themselves and the Wizen Skyvol. Skippy Weissen Weissen Stephen uh, Brewery And um, Alcohol content Is uh, 6.0% um, We said the gravity Beginning was It begins at 13.9 degrees It ends at 2.8 degrees That's uh, 20 IBUs uh, We've got a couple of different uh, Yeast hops Malts types mm-hmm. Need to go a little bit higher On the malts As far as I'm concerned it's- Keep tossing in there, and it works really well with uh, mild cheddar cheese. Yep, and that, and maybe that, a po- uh, roast pork, right? Or the best worst. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think you know, based on all the information that the MTS computer has, I believe that uh, it'll be able to come up with a rating. And the fact of the matter is, Glenn, I hear it right now. Whoa, that was quick finishing up. The uh, printing of the rating. So I'm going to go over. I'm going to get this rating off, fresh off the press. Okay. And uh, this is this is quicker than I thought. Maybe the maybe the mustache with scale is starting to well, you know, progressing I put some, at a more advanced state than I, I thought. I put some more RAM in there. Um, <laughs> Just put a couple. Yeah, a couple more chips. In there. Yeah, a couple more, a couple more flops. A couple more flops of RAM in there. <laughs> yes, exactly. A couple more flops. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I don't so, want to get into the technical details of this whole thing. It's just boring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let me go grab this uh, re- report off the, the scale here, and then we will um, we'll talk about the uh, mustache for scale. It's um, a fine beer. It is a fine beer. Yes, it's a fine beer. Yes, I say my my rating, but it had it had everything going for it. The bottom dropped out. <sighs> Did the bottom drop out? Well. Maybe. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, but you know what it does know is the uh, mustache Swiss scale computer. Um, so I'm just going to go through this. You know, I'm just going to read through this real quick here. I'm not going to bore you guys with all the, you know, hearsay with the things and the know-how about the German history and the Puritan laws of beer brewing and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know all those things. Uh, three ingredients or four ingredients using a. You know, I don't this think this is, adheres to it. This is a extensive Whoa. report here. I you know something about the Alps in there. Um, lots of history in this in this thing. Uh, yeah. So got the World Wars in there. Jeez. You know. Uh, yeah. It's okay. So the um, I got it right here, Glenn. I okay. finally found it. I'm sorry about that. This is you know the, the mustache whiskey computer. Goes on and on and on, and, and it's, it's you know it's kind of long winded. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, the mustache with scale computer said that this is an eight point two. All on right. The ATS scale. That's not a that's a that's a solid rating. It is a solid rating. I feel like that's pretty good. Uh, I'm a little disappointed because I don't I didn't give it a, a real high rating, but the MTS 
computer knows best. I'm not going to argue. And I'm a little disappointed because I felt like it kind of undercut it a little bit. Yeah. Well. Right around equidistant to us, actually. It's, it's pretty close. Yeah, I would say so. Huh. But uh, it takes a lot of things into account. We don't really question it. We just let no. it yeah. crunch the numbers and do the work for us. So uh, anyway, Glenn. Well, let's move on. Uh, we know that the uh, Oktoberfest from Sierra Nevada, at least the 2018 version, mm-hmm. is uh, 8.2 on the scale of science. The scale of science. Well, Brian, glad we got that out of the way. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have some tax to talk about this week. Some, and what we do is we find we, we, we go to the threshing floor, right? Yes. Every week, and we sift through things that have been posted to the website over the course of the course of the past two or three weeks. We, we actually we're off. We've been a little off on our schedule here. Right? Yeah. I hope you, you you'll forgive us, but so this is from the last three weeks, um, and the first thing that we're going to talk about. Is an article. I actually, uh, I feel bad setting that all up and saying it. I posted it, but um, it resonated really, really well with the community, and it was uh, titled "A Brief History of Castorium: The Beaver Butt Secretion Used as Flavoring." And this is an article from Mental Floss, and I'll give a little background on on, on my personal um, journey into uh, learning about this uh, castorium, this magical magical property. Mm-hmm. Uh, of beavers and my wife had gotten together with some of her friends and they hung out and you know later that day my wife Lynn says Glenn you're never going to believe this but did you know that when you in, in, in vanilla flavoring and raspberry flavoring they actually get that from beavers butts and I said no way there's no way this is true well it's kind of true and this article explains it. Once upon a time, Brian... Well, let me back this up. Um, it is true. There's something called castorium that beavers secrete from their... From from, from around their, their uh, uh, bungholes. Right. Uh, medical term there. I hope Towards that's okay. the rear of their bodies. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have these sacs, right? And they secrete these this castorium. And the castorium smells... Well, Brian, it smells quite lovely. It smells like uh, vanilla... And raspberry. <laughs> and they use this uh, scent to mark their territory. Right. Um, and it also it tells uh, other things about the beaver, like age and other... So anyway, beavers are, you know, like dogs sniff each other. Mm-hmm. Same thing with beavers, right? Um, yeah, vanilla and raspberry with floral hints. Mm. It's castorium. Anyway, over time... Um, the ancients learned, you know, how to use this for medicinal purposes because, well, some of them were just wrong. They, they, they believed it would cure them in certain ways that I won't go into and kind of weird. But, um, they did think, they did find that, castor- that the castorium gland, where the castorium is held, is actually, uh, used to treat headaches because the same, it, it has the same properties as the main ingredient in aspirin. Mm. Interest, Anyway. So, fast forward to today. Fast forward to today. Sorry, right. I set that up, but I felt like it needed to. It warranted it. Because yeah, fast good. forward to today, mm-hmm. um, about 50 years ago, or, or a little bit further back than that, they used castorium to flavor vanilla and raspberry and a lot of different things. But now that processes have gotten a lot better and more refined, also it's kind of hard to you know pin down beavers and harvest their castorium. <laughs> Yes, harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no easy way to do that. And they have big teeth. Yeah. Um, 
So they 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 use science now instead to to flavor these flavors. So it's used hardly at all. Uh, yeah. But now you know. At one point in time, we used beaver butts quite a bit. You know, my comment on this article still stands, and that was, you know, if you would have told me that vanilla soft serve is flavored by beaver's butts, I would have said, cool, whatever. <laughs> whatever makes but, it taste that way. Vanilla soft serve is pretty delicious. Oh. So I, you know, whether or not it's beaver butts, you know, uh, a lot of things in life, uh, you don't need to know. You don't need to know the origin of them. You can just ex- enjoy them as they are. Yeah. And vanilla soft serve is one of those things. It might be beaver butts. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. Um, doesn't really matter. Uh, if it is one way or the other, it's still delicious. You know? Yeah. It's like McDonald's hamburger. Exactly. Right? Right. There's something not quite right about it, but yet it tastes right. It's 100% all natural beef. It is. I think. I, I think there's an, a tiny little asterisk next to that. Now... I don't know about every part of, you know, every other part of it, but yeah. Right. But yeah, I, yeah, point taken. Right. Um, some people complain about the fact that, you know, I don't know what's in this meat. <laughs> you using air quotes there. Et cetera. Um, I don't care. It's delicious. Tastes, it's, it's, it tastes so good. I'm, How could it be wrong? I think we brought this up a couple times ago, but I had a McDonald's hamburger recently. And they on the signs, you know, the signage around the drive-thru menu says, oh, yeah. We've changed everything, and it's made to order. Oh, yeah. It's a lot better. And I was like, sure it is. It's, it, this is McDonald's. I, it is a lot better. Oh, really? It's good. <laughs> I mean, it was good before, but what? it is. Mm, next, wow. They've, they've leveled up a little they've, bit. Oh, okay. So, anyway, wow. a little, little something there to... So, we've gone to Beaver Butts to... Uh, cheeseburgers. To, be, to surprisingly delicious cheeseburgers. <laughs> so, now, I just want to go to McDonald's drive-thru, which is open 24 hours a day. So, Maybe we'll get some vanilla soft serve, Brian. I might. Just, that could be. Um, well, anyway, Glenn, this is really this is interesting. You know, this is one of those things that I never would have thought that I would learn from visitinggentleman.com, yet here we are. Here we are. Here we are, enjoying some interesting knowledge. You know, the next party you go to, you can be like, you know. <laughs> I see you got a raspberry drink there. Yeah, I see you're <laughs> eating some soft serve. Um <laughs> You know that could be some beaver butt. In what, there. what if I told you? And let me let me tell you about that. You gotta, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, just some, you know, just an idea. Just food an idea. Thought. Okay, Glenn, what do we got up? Uh, what do we got next here, Brian? We have more food for thought. Mm. This next tack was posted by Samuel Stryker. Interesting. I don't know if we've talked about Samuel. I don't Stryker. think we have. And this is this is a great find. Um, and it's titled, It Cost $1,500 to Make a Sandwich Completely from Scratch. This mm. is a Fortune.com article. And it's a little link baity. Because that number, $1,500, um, is is a little bit fudgy. But I'll, I'll get into that. But okay. basically, the premise of this is, there is a YouTube channel by a guy named Andy George. And it's called How to Make Everything. And basically, the premise of the channel is that you go through and... They try to recreate every every like they try to recreate products, common products um, that we find in shopping, you know, stores. Right. That we shopping store that we find at the grocery stores and try to recreate them as if there were no grocery stores. Okay. So like, good idea. Yeah. Cosmetic things, uh, okay. ju- uh, not ju- uh, you know, stuff of that that nature. And so they tried to say 
They took the concept of what if I couldn't go to the store and buy a loaf of bread and some lunch meat and some mayo. And what if I had to make all that stuff on my own? The salt. The salt to put on the sandwich. Right. So they went out and did it. And it's a series of videos um, talking about, you know, what it actually took to make the – well, for example, to make the salt, they had to fly to the coast, harvest some ocean water, try it out, and then get this white powder. And actually, that white powder got them a little bit of trouble at the airport. Mm. Uh, The the TSA was not – it wasn't kosher by their standards. Um, Was it kosher salt? Yeah, it was was sea salt. A little little suspicious. They had to harvest honey. Uh, They had to – um, to make sugar for the bread, and had to kill a chicken, you know, all this stuff to get through. And the, and probably the most intensive thing was the, in order to get um, the uh, oil for the bread, he grew sunflowers, collected those seeds, and then extracted the fat. But in order to do that, he had to build a press. So anyway, you see where this is going. It kind of just spiraled outward, and it took. Him quite a while and a hundred and oh, excuse me, fifteen hundred dollars. Well, this is an interesting article. I mean, uh, the you know, the, some might listen to this and say, "Well, that's silly. Why would you do all that stuff?" Well, the point of his um, going through this exercise was that he wanted to kind of reconnect with what all has to take place for this sandwich to be made. You know, and it sounds kind of silly, but really, you know, I have no idea mm-hmm. if I go to. Uh, you know, a deli, and I order a sandwich. Right. I have no idea what all that took. You know, the oil, the salt, no idea. I just go to the store, I get salt. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, go to the Subway sandwich shop and get a, a sub. Yeah. And I have no clue, you know. Uh, so it's an interesting exercise because it just kind of re- it, it really lets you know what um, what all everything takes. Every little part of the sandwich that goes into your meal. It re- yeah, I'm sure he g- gained a greater appreciation of uh, what, what I mean. We take all this for granted. That's what I was going to say. Is like it really makes you feel like a jerk <laughs> because I take it. I do. I take it yeah. all for granted. I just think, oh well, you just go to the store and buy salt. Well, what happens if you can't go do that anymore? What can what, what happens if you don't? If you're not able to go buy oil and right. you know it's all the stuff that you just guess I'll build a press. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyway. Uh, it's a nice little article. We're gonna uh, we'll link to it on podcast.gentleman.com. and uh, I don't know. It's it's something to really think about. It makes you gives you some pause for I, sure. I think a lot of people. I know for me personally, I think the biggest thing is meat. Right? I love meat. I've never it, killed a chicken. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. Um, I've killed a fish. I've yeah, fished yeah, yeah. and killed a fish, yes. but I've never killed a chicken. It's a, you're, that's a different level. I feel like fish no. is you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I gained a greater, greater appreciation for this a few years back. I met a guy who was like a really avid hunter, would, would you know, hunt for a deal, deer, kill the deer, you know, take all of it, you yep. know, use it throughout the winter mm-hmm. and like really, and, and so he had all these busts on his wall and everything and he said, this probably makes a lot of pro animal people upset, you know animal rights people is like but the thing is is that they don't know is that i for all these animals that i've killed not only did i use everything and consume all of them while these people are in theory going to the grocery store and just buying a yeah a pound of hamburger yeah. Yeah. like i actually went through the process of you know there's a connection there between me and that animal i'm using it 
And I'm kind of honoring it by putting it on my wall. Yeah. And saying, kind of a spiritual saying. Yeah. It's like you kind of full circle. Like you don't really take it for granted what Mm -hmm. you got. I thought that I was pretty impressed. I was pretty, uh, it made me think a lot about what I do. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I just show up at the store and get the ground beef and then, uh, you know, make some delicious chili out of it. Yeah. Ooh. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It is almost chili season, Brian. Well, that's true. Uh, But yeah, no, it's. Anyway, that's a it's an interesting thing. I've never really thought about all the things that go into making a sandwich, and it sounds so silly, but it's actually kind of kind of interesting to dive into. So, yeah, I like that a great deal. Yeah, uh, check out podcast at gentleman dot com, and I will link that up over there. Uh, finally, Glenn, I have something that actually I posted to the site, mm-hmm. and this is a and this is a, a article that uh, the title of it is. A little, it's something that I never would have thought I would read in my life. Yep. But here we are. And uh, it's called Mountain Goats Are Being Airlifted Out of a National Park Because They Crave Human Pee. And um, the story really follows that uh, line of thinking pretty closely. Basically, in Olympic National Park, which is located in Washington State's Olympic Peninsula, um, there are mountain goats that aren't native species to the park. They were introduced there in the 1920s, and since then, their numbers have expanded greatly. Mm-hmm. And they're up to uh, 700, they believe, or rest, uh, around 700, if they could put a, a estimate on it. And wow. These goats expect some certain things to survive. And uh, one of the things that they found to... <laughs> Uh, make things work for themselves, these goats, is human pee. And Mm. this seems to be in prevalent supply uh, because uh, hikers, campers, and all that stuff, um, they they need to, uh, you know, you go out in nature and you... um, have to uh, find a way to... Yeah, uh, yeah you got to relieve yourself. Relieve yourself. Anyway, the goats are really into this because it provides a salty, uh, mineral-rich uh, thing that they're looking for <laughs> the, to, the po- <laughs> to the point where it's, be- <laughs> the point where it's <laughs> becoming a, such a problem that they're actually airlift, they're, they're hooding... And airlifting these goats out of this national park and put and, and moving them someplace else, and they're hoping to uh, remove ninety percent of this goat population because it's becoming such a problem. I, I feel like that's a. I don't want to be insensitive here. Mm, yeah. I feel like airlifting the goats and relocating them to another forest. Yeah, is um. It's probably not the most cost-effective way to deal with delicious meat. You remember when we were doing the podcast where the guy was dropping beavers out yes. of the... Yes. He was uh, parachuting them. parachuting beavers into a different... Yeah. <laughs> I feel like these two stories could really benefit from... I feel like somebody's been here and done that, you know? Um, yeah. And it coincides with the the... Castrolium uh, situation. Castorium, yeah. Yeah. Huh. But anyway, the point is, Glenn. Okay, so, but yeah, so this is a problem. This this mountain goat situation is a it's a it's a problem. So and they're they're addressing this by removing that ninety percent of these goats. They're going to hood them and move them out of there so that they can uh, 
leave the humans alone, basically. So are they are they kind of getting aggressive with the humans? I mean, are they just kind of like waiting, are they hiding in the bushes and waiting for them to pee, and then oh, yeah, going going for the the gold or I what? Th- <laughs> I think that might be a little bit of the problem. And then I also read that they are digging. They are um, they find the um, that S- source <laughs> that source, and then they're, uh, they're they're digging down and disrupting the natural environment um, based <clears throat> on that. So. Man, goats are so awful. Yeah, I don't know too much about goats, but they, they um, just, they're mean, and they drink, you know. They, well, I guess they eat somehow human pee. I mean, do you need no much more, Brian? I just <laughs> look. You're painting with a broad brush here, Dwayne. <laughs> I'm sure not true. all goats. Not, not all goats. If they, eat. if they <clears throat> look, I don't want to get in trouble with the uh, ASPCA or anything like that. <laughs> right. I mean, we Not love a, goats. Yeah, we're, we're goat lovers. Goat lovers. Goat, we love goats. Goats are good. <laughs> they got to be relocated sometimes. It's mm. fine. I have had goat meat before. Some dishes. Really? It's, I've never had it. It's good. Mm. It's good. I've never had it. I feel I've like... i goat cheese. Well, ooh. Was it earthy? Was it uh, yeah, minerally? It was minerally... Kind of tangy? Uh, kind of salty. Salty? <laughs> yeah. Salty cheese? Yeah. I actually hopefully, really do like goat cheese. Goat um, cheese is good. Hopefully it wasn't from the Olympic National Park where that I yeah. know, got it. But, um, but anyway, Glenn. Okay, well, that's that's enough of that. <clears throat> let's just move on and just yeah, say let's, that. Yeah, that was... That's something that's going on in the Olympic National Park, and hopefully they get that all figured out. But, Glenn, <laughs> uh, what we need to get figured out is the toast this week. Mm. And uh, this week is a very special toast because this is going to hit home to mm-hmm. both of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zamus, our good friend and collaborator Ms. Zamus, posted an article that was called How So I Married an Axe Murderer Bombed But Became a Classic Anyway. Mm. And this is an article from Spin, and it goes into great detail about the genesis and uh, flop and the rebirth of So I Married an Axe Murderer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's probably like every other day or something, me and Glenn quote <laughs> something from this movie. I, I watch Zoe Man and Axe Murder every year, at least. So, yeah, I mean, I think the toast really just comes down to uh, toasting Mike Myers for the story behind this was really interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize the backstory on this until Zamus um, posted this. But basically, there was a screenwriter that in 1988... Uh, and his name was Robbie Fox. He wrote this he wrote this screen play, and it was more serious. It was more kind of a little comedic, but kind of serious. And it was supposed to be snarky, kind of a Woody Allen kind of thing. Kind of dark a little bit? Right? Yeah, a little dark, a little Woody Allen kind of humor about a, a guy that's really neurotic and, you know, envisioned Woody Allen. And right. um, he's scared of all these things, and then... Uh, he meets this girl and falls in love with her, and this this is the one time he should really be scared, but he's not, you know, or something. Right. Like that. So that was the original vibe of the screenplay, and then Mike Myers came in and got a hold of it and injected his own humor into it, and it became this weird uh, am- amalgamation of, of both those things. Right. And the screenwriter was pissed because he was like, "This is not what I envisioned for my movie," and I'm sure Mike Myers probably didn't feel like it was the greatest. You know, version of what he wanted to do because that was probably realized in uh, Austin Powers, which took place right. a couple years later. Right. Um, but anyway, the point is, this is a crazy story of somebody that had this artistic vision. Uh, this guy that wrote this st- story that 
you know, and then Hollywood gets a hold of it and then mangles it all up and they put it with Mike Myers, this star, and he does all these weird things to it. And it actually turns out pretty good. Pretty good, Brian? I would it's say, a classic. I would say it's one of my favorite movies of all it's time. It's a cult classic. It's top five for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it's such a weird and off-putting movie. It's dark. Yeah. And, and, and people were... And the weird thing is, the, the weirdest thing from somebody, you know... Well, okay, I, I'm saying this all... The weirdest thing about this movie, I think, is the the title. Yeah. It doesn't... It fits, but the thing is, is that it just... It was so weird, and nobody knew what to expect, so the, 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 the prevailing thought is that it bombed at the box office, mainly because of the title. That it was just a weird, like, they could have called it so many different things, mm-hmm. and they gave it a weird long title, and it just didn't really float well with it. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to imagine a title really putting people off that much. But at the same time, when you think, when you really think about that, mm-hmm. you don't know anything about the movie, and you see right. the title "Soy Married and Axe Murderer." Yeah, it just it kind hard of puts pass. you off into a weird, <laughs> you know, right? You're like, eh, I'll just watch something else. Um, I did. I, I believe I saw this one in the theaters, though. You did. I did. Whoa. So, um, Little Brian. So yeah, I would have been. I would have been a young Turk. <laughs> Back in the day, and uh, I was excited about it. You know, it was uh, Mike Myers cut fresh off um, the Wayne's World yes. success, yes, and uh, also a hip new soundtrack, Party On, which uh, you know was mm-hmm. you know nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety four. Oh, the Wayne's you know. World soundtrack. Well, no, I'm just saying like the 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 uh, the soundtrack to uh, Sorry Mary Night. Oh yeah, Murder. it's like it's a Brit pop. Yeah, it's, there she goes, the la la, yeah, all that uh, stuff. Yeah, there's they had like a bunch of early night like early nineties kind of and the Bay City Rollers, Brian, and the Bay City Rollers, <laughs> which was an incredible conclusion. I will say that you know the original screenwriter had this set in New York, mm-hmm. which would have been incredibly cliche. And right, moving it to San Francisco is actually pretty cool because yeah. it's like you don't. I mean, there's some movies set in San Francisco, but not that many. Vertigo. Well, Vertigo is... Uh, Actually, a lot of Hitchcock. I, I think Vertigo might be the only Hitchcock that's set in really? San Francisco, yeah. And then... But I was thinking of um, the uh, Bullet. Oh, yeah, movie. yeah. You know, that was another car. San Francisco. Yeah, the car chase and Bullet. Yeah. But not that many movies set in San Francisco. So it was an interesting choice and kind of cool. If it would have been set in New York, I don't think it would have yeah. been quite nearly the same. So um, that was a pretty cool choice. But anyway, the point is... Um. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of uh, many years. I was really glad that Zamoose posted this because it's one of my favorite movies, and I didn't know the story behind it. It's great. It's uh yeah. I I you know Mike Myers is a weird dude anyway. Yeah. Um, and just hearing about the interaction with the writing and he yeah he yeah he basically rewrote a lot of this stuff yeah. and it's you know it's one of those weird situations where um you have somebody rewriting all the stuff and it actually kind of worked yeah kind of strangely worked in a weird way you know i mean it worked because of his 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 stand-up basically i mean that's basically what they rewrote is like they made it about his yeah comedic you know what he could do you know the, the, adding himself as the father and mm-hmm. just awesome yeah and, you know just a lot of weird fun stuff yeah it would not be the same though without uh charlie mckenzie no you know what I mean? Like, senior. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that uh, that comprises our toast for this podcast, which is, you know, uh, I would say, like Sputnik, <laughs> spherical yet poignant parts. Right. That's that's true, Ryan. Uh, yeah, great movie. Go check it out if you've never seen Sam Raimi and Axe Murder. Don't let the title throw you off. It, it threw me off when I was a young lad, but yeah, I uh, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. It's it's up to you to decide. So. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the um, hot and buttered topic. topic. And uh, this week, Glenn, uh, you posted something. Mm. Not you. I didn't. Not you. You mean Tony O? Tony O. Tony O. Oh, Tony posted something which was which caught our eye, and this. You you we, we we sat down and we had a discussion about this. <laughs> we did. We did. And you were like, This is ridiculous, this is crazy, I can't believe we're this is where we're at as a society, yep. this is ridiculous. Yep. And I was like, I I, I kinda get behind this. Mm-hmm. And then we knew that moment mm-hmm. that this would be the hot button topic. And this is called Apollo Peak sells cat wine and dog beer. Mm-hmm. So uh just to give a refresher on this story basically this guy and uh, his name is brandon zavala he's a pet store worker and he was at the pet store he's working his shift and he noticed that all the stuff that was sh- flying off the shelves was like food it was like treats and mm-hmm. you know meals and all the you know solid food stuff and he's like why aren't there any beverages for uh animals indeed and so he decided to try to come up with cat wine and he got the job done hmm. you know and uh basically what he did is not it's not alcoholic okay it's not alcoholic it's um it's catnip and some other stuff is it actually catnip it is there's catnip in there <laughs> some other stuff the, I, the idea is not to intoxicate the animal but to have additives in the beverage that will elicit a similar relaxing response. Have you ever seen a cat go after catnip? No, it's, I uh, it's more like this is more like meth for cats. Okay, well, that's what the uh, that's what that's what that's what we're in there. So anyway, the point is, um, so he he thought you know I've got a hunch here. I'm going to make this stuff, and then it turned <laughs> out that it was actually just ridiculously success- successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, this is like a five hundred thousand dollar a year profit kind of business going on mm-hmm. here. So, um, Glenn, I know that you're against this, and I'm going to give you the floor to discuss <clears throat> why you're against this. Well, Brian, I have a couple, a couple reasons. Right. For starters, I, I can't believe I'm even making this argument, but people already have a problem with humanizing their pets, right? Yep. They, you know. Put sweaters on them. They put a bonnet on them. They, they, yeah, yeah. They 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 take pictures with you know family mm-hmm. pictures with the yep. pet. I mean, which is you know if you have a beloved pet, but it's like, well, when you put pants on the dog and then right, uh, you know stuff perform like perform plays with them. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Set up Instagram accounts just, just for, for the dog. Just yeah. th- they have their own Instagram. Right. I, I'm sorry. That at, at some point, at some point, we have to draw a line between human and pet. And I feel like this is a violation. Uh, uh, alcoholic beverages are sacred things. I feel like for the human race. Yeah. 
and giving them access to cats. You know, this cat Bernay, cat mm-hmm. wine. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just can't get behind it. Plus, this guy, okay, questionable ethics here. He's trying to figure out a way to make, to, to inject um, cannabis into uh, his, his latest animal products. Well, let's talk about this. That We're talking about CBD here, not actual cannabis. <clears throat> CBD is a can- cannabinoid that does not have a t- intoxicating effects. So mm. it does have the mm. effect of chilling you out and being calm, which what you might want to have your pets so this, so, so. Th- this is what he does. He gives them the uppers with the catnip and the downers with the cab- can- cannabinoid. Can- cannabinoid. Yes. CBD. I can't have this. I will not stand for it. This I is, don't care if it is Colorado. This is science. This is pure science, Glenn. <laughs> this is absolute science. Uh, he's taking the alcohol out of the equation. So you don't have to worry about the alcohol side of it. He's just uh, pleasing the cats hey. by giving them some catnip. <laughs> something fun, you know? It's Friday night. It's Friday night. Let's get the cat Bernay. Cat Bernay. And then, uh, you know, like you said. And then, you you know, maybe you. Uh, it's later in the night. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh. Uh, it's time to draw the shades. Time to... <laughs> and, what uh, is going on in this place with the pets? You bring out the CBD-based... Uh, maybe it's like a... Uh, you know, late night. Uh, it's not a vodka drink. It's like a CBD-based... Uh, you know, cola or something. You know what I mean? It's like a sweet aperitif. I can't. I can't. And... Uh, so you 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 know, so you give your your cat the catnip, and then you and then you, it's like it's late in the night. Let's let it chill out, you know. Let's, it snuggles. Yeah, come come get the around two, you know. Look, Gosh. think about all the people. Yeah. Okay. Think about all the people. Mm-hmm. Let's say I was in a city where I didn't know anybody. Yeah. All I've got is me and my dog. You know what I mean? Just me and my little buddy. Yep. And I don't want to drink alone. You know. And so, I go to the store, I get a craft beer for Rogers, the, the my, my dog. Rogers. And uh, we sit there and we have a couple beers together. Oh, you know what I mean? No. That, that's a, uh, I could see that as being a, a real interaction that would make people feel better. You know, you're in New York City, right? All you got is you and your dog. Right. In your little apartment, you got right. no friends, right? No, not in New York. <laughs> you don't want to drink alone. There. It's true, but you and Rogers could sit there <laughs> and uh, imbibe together. All of a sudden, you know, it's really extending the the uh, ability of dogs to enjoy uh, a, a different experience. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that would be a different experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I like the idea of a dog named Rogers. <laughs> That's about the only part of that story I liked, Brian. <laughs> I don't. It was pretty dark. It was pretty dark. I was thinking about New York just, and yeah, just me and it's my a dog. Cold February yeah, night. Yeah, it's a me and Rogers. I have no friends. Huddled around All I've the, got is the burning trash can outside. Yeah, I've got Rogers and some doggy beer and a six pack of terrible IPAs. So. 
What is in this dog beer? I read... Okay. The dog beer, I can't remember what it was. It he has, has the Pinot Meow. Okay. Uh, anything that has a meat flavor, circuit of beverages, chicken broth. Chicken broth, yeah. And anise seed powder, <laughs> which mellows out dogs. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. Mm. something to mellow out dogs. So, very chill. It's... Yeah. <sighs> so, it's a, uh, you know, I'm... I'm amazed that he's one of the only entrepreneurs that has taken this this far. Yeah. And also um, pretty impressed. Good on him. You know, it takes it takes a visionary to try to achieve this kind of this kind of thing where like no one believes in you. You got this idea. Right. I got this idea. Cat wine, dog beer. I want to make this thing work. You know, if if he told anybody that, that would they would be like, that's insane. Yet he's making half a million dollars a year off of this um, right this idea. He's been on Shark Tank apparently. Yep. yep. Uh, sharks so were circling. Sharks were into it. Blood in the water. He got he got a and he damn near got an investment with it. So um, I'm more curious about what this guy's going to come up with next. I mean, if he's already going down the CBD route. I, I imagine pretty soon we're going to see like hash pipes for cats. I think, and he kind of alludes to the, the <laughs> fact that he's got a, a whole pipeline of uh, cat, cat talk <laughs> ideas. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, kitty bugs. Go, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon, I mean, I'm going to go to the convenience store and have to right. or see like a cat go in there and buy a. a Phillies blunt. Yeah, yeah, six six pack of Phillies. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, Glenn, I, I'm for this. I think it's. I think all dogs and cats should be oh, imbibing I just, just just like myself. I was losing it with Rogers. Just thinking train about, came off the tracks. We just thinking named about the dog Rogers. Just think about me and Rogers. <laughs> you know, it's probably a golden retriever. And yeah, a, it sounds and like a, a golden retriever. <laughs> in in a New York apartment alone. Oh. Christmas Day. It's a cold penthouse. Just me and Christmas Day. View of me the and Reaver, city. Me and Rogers. Looking out over yeah. the city. And drinking the, dog wine. Yeah. <laughs> dog beer. Here's a dog wine. I'm going to have one myself. Here's another thing I have issue with, Brian. <clears throat> Why do cats have the wine and the dogs are only beer? Yeah, that, that's, that is, that's a controversial... Uh, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I'm speciesist. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I don't know, I mean, man. Let's, I, let's, let's be equal here. All right. Well... Dog's rights have been around for a while. Yeah. Got to make sure it's a level playing field. Throwing, throwing cat's wine is throw, kind of... Throw him a bone here. Yeah. We gotta... <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, Glenn. Well, um, oh. <clears throat> well, we got it sorted finally. I'm glad that, yeah. <laughs> just before you get so opposed to this idea, just think about me and Rogers. Just think about your New York penthouse right. on Christmas yeah. Day. <laughs> yeah. Little, I'm getting a little misty. I think little eggnog, yeah, little CBD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the final segment of the Gentleman Podcast. So which soon, is the questions from the Gentleman Mailbag, and this week, Glenn, uh, <laughs> me and Rogers want to know. Um, <laughs> me and Rogers want to know if uh, you had an unlimited. Uh, unlimited budget mm. and unlimited time. What you know? Halloween's right around the corner. What what's a Halloween costume would you <clears throat> pursue with unabated 
you know, you throw caution in the wind and just go after it. Uh, I had two, and I'm, I'm oscillating between two of them. So I will say one, and then after you're done, just so that I don't accidentally take yours, yeah, I'll, I'll, right. I'll say my honorable mention later. But my 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 winner here, you, I've kind of done this before actually, but I only I only um, half-assed it. Uh, I was on a cruise ship. Is my uh, we were we were on a honeymoon, and there was it happened to be right around Halloween. Yeah. As fate would have it, and they had a Halloween party. We knew this going on a cruise ship. I, you know, I don't know. It wasn't a real Halloween party, but anyway, yeah. I we were like, oh, what are we? Uh, so anyway, we threw some things in the, the bag. Well, at the time, I had long hair and a beard, so I went with Teen Wolf, right? So I had the the fangs mm-hmm. and the glasses, and that's set, right? I had a little yeah. little makeup on the cheeks, right? Good to go. Yeah. Um, I didn't give it my. I I half assed it, and I really want to whole ass it. Yeah. So. I feel like I would spare no expense, get authentic 1986-ish uh, yeah. Letterman's jacket, right? Uh, the shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Hair and makeup. Yep. I w- that's what I would do. Michael J. Fox. That's a good choice. I, I love that movie. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Or, or, or I, it, it, there's a couple different things. I could do the... The basketball jersey, right? Yeah. So, like, I got the uniform on and hair's everywhere. Yeah. Like, I kind of got that covered anyway, but yeah. I could really play it up. Yeah. 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 The hair. So, the body hair. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, if you do do that, let me know because I want to be Styles. Okay. Yeah. So, I want to. Wait, is that the, the bigger? Styles is the uh, best friend of. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'd have the glasses and, like, uh, purple pants. Yeah, and yeah, then... yeah. Like, fanny pack? Did he have a fanny pack? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like a Flat turquoise build. shirt that says, yeah. like, Frankie says, yeah. "Relax." Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So let me know, okay? Because I'll, I'll totally. Okay, Styles would be a good outfit as Styles well. Styles was the cool guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely was. Okay, so what are your backups then? If that was a, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin yours. I don't want to take yours. Okay, I'll well, come back to it. Well, I have a couple of them. Oh, you know. okay. Um, and, you know, I had to think about this for a little bit. You know, it's tough. Like, what would be a really difficult costume to pull off? And uh, I came up with two that uh, really crossed my mind. And the first one, they're actually kind of similar, strangely. Mm. Mm. Um, the first one is Jack Skellington from uh, Nightmare oh. Before Christmas. Yeah. Kind of obvious, but it's, you know, I think if you really put your soul into it, it would be, you know, a custom suit. Yeah. Uh, stilts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like big, long stilts. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of arm apparatus stuff and a crazy mask, you know, that clay was, exterior. Yeah. I mean, it would be like really, if you put your, you put yourself into it, not right. just some crappy, you know, mm-hmm. painted tuxedo or something like that. It would be like a real, you know, honest to goodness. I mean, I'd be walking on stilts for six weeks leading up to, to <laughs> Halloween trying to practice right. for it. Right. Um, so that would be one. And then the other would be, uh, a Beetlejuice. Mm. Which is kind of similar. Excellent choice. Uh, but, you know, uh, you'd have to have a custom suit. You'd want to have some of the, the things where, you know, there's there's little in-jokes in the movie mm-hmm. where he, like, opens up his lapel and he's got something there. And, yeah. you know, you got the crazy green hair and, you know, it's all slicked back. And, the you know, so that would be a, another, uh, the, that would probably be the, the second choice. You know, Beetlejuice would be a great uh, a great party costume. So There are so many great dark movies that came out in, like, the 80s and mm-hmm. early 90s. Very stylistic, very kind right. of, yeah. 
Adam's Family, mm-hmm. uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Tons yeah. of them. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Uh, my runner-up was going to be E.T. Oh, wow. Do a full-on wow. E.T. I mean... That could be... Spend hours in the makeup chair. Yeah. That could be insane. <laughs> That'd be fun. I Just, would touch your finger. Yeah. Ouch. Have like the heart that, you know... Yeah. Glug. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be intense, man. <clears throat> but that that's that's crazy. a lot of... That's dedication. That is dedication. And a lot of money and a lot of time, which is the point of the question. Right. So, a good answer, my friend. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, uh, this Halloween, I expect to see you as E.T. then. I may go for Teen Wolf. We'll see. You go to Teen Wolf? Uh, okay. We'll see. Well, if you let me know, I, I need to be Styles then. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. My problem is... We had these fake teeth, right? The the the, you know, fangs. Yeah, I got an awful gag reflex. So like, oh, I spent most of the yeah. night like oh, oh, those oh, oh. those te- you know yeah. those mouth apparatus You're, stuff like, drooling it, it everywhere. Gets, it's not. I can understand. That's a I problem. How they, man, actors are. I don't know. They gotta. Oh, anyway. Well, Michael Jackson's a or no. <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Fox is yeah. a uh, <laughs> professional. Yeah. So. You know Both I mean? professionals yeah, in their own right. Exactly. Uh, okay, Glenn. We'll, we're going to have to work out our Halloween costumes because yeah. we get to coordinate yeah. this. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, now that we know there's some overlap, maybe we can get this worked out. Um, but anyway, Glenn, uh, that was episode 144. Um, I implore you to go listen to the previous 143 episodes of the Journal Podcast, as you should. I'm already there, Brian. Yeah. I'm already there. And... Uh, Uh, trying to figure out how to end it. Good night. <laughs> I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansberry. Thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 144. We'll be back in two weeks for episode 145? Yes, 145. Good night. Good evening. Good <laughs> evening.